Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and today we are going to be looking back at Titanfall 1 and 2, as they are, in my personal opinion, some of the best games that came out the last or this current generation. And I just wanted to go over them, give my thoughts, and basically a review score of them as a whole. Uh, I believe we have a, a, an amazing new franchise on our hands from this generation, and I'm really excited to see the third one, if it ever comes out. Pretty sure they're working on it, you know, aside from Apex, but I definitely wanted to talk about it. And I also want to announce something that I am blown away by and extremely excited to say, but we, the It Just Works podcast has a sponsorship, and that is Forever Grips Gaming Accessories. So they make um, grips for your controllers. So on your thumbsticks, sometimes people like to change them up or get different texture out of them. So these are covers that go over your thumbsticks. And for some people, it's just more comfortable to play that way. Uh, we used to sell them at GameStop. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd get people buying them all the time. Uh, it just provides a better and more comfortable experience for a lot of people out there. So thank you, Forever Grips, for sponsoring the show. You can use my code, ITJUSTWORKSPOD, to get 15% off on any of your purchases with Forever Grips. So please use that. I will have a link in the description of the show. And your guys' support has led us to this, our first sponsorship. So continue the support and go check out Forever Grips. They're amazing. They have covers for your controllers. They have PC uh, merchandise. They have clothing, mobile merchandise. I mean, they got it all for your Switch, your Xbox, PlayStation. It's all here. So if you want to customize your controller or your thumbsticks without having to buy a brand new controller outright, I would say Forever Grips is your best option, so please go check it out again. So thank you, Forever Grips. The discount code is it just works pod, all caps, all you know together, spelled correctly, and go get your 15% off. So enough of that. Let's cue that intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the show. I am extremely excited to talk about our next Looking Back game, you know, part of the series where we take a look back at some of the best games that came out in this current generation. And today, we have landed on Titanfall. So Titanfall 1 and 2 are going to be discussed today. They are probably my personal favorite shooters of this current generation. You know, you take away Halo MCC, uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition... I would say that this game is personally my favorite, especially as a brand new IP. I just think it's like, you know, what if they really focus on a sci-fi COD, you know, Call of Duty, and and this is what we got. If you didn't know, Respawn Entertainment was founded by Ben Sampella, and it was and also Jason West. I believe I got that right, and they were originally the leads at Infinity Ward, which is a subdivision of Activision. I That sounded weird to say out loud. And if you didn't know, uh, these men are the masterminds behind the uh, critically acclaimed, just worldwide sensation that is Call of Duty. They were around to make the original, all the way up to, well, a little bit beyond, I believe, Modern Warfare 2. But Modern Warfare 2 is one of their last big hits. 
So, yeah, these guys are kind of a big deal. They made the best Call of Duty games, aside from World at War, Black Ops, and then I guess, you know, Modern Warfare 2019 is exceptional. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody loves it, right? I think so. I believe that's a general consensus behind it. <laughs> Anyways, these guys are legends, and not only did we know that they were great at what they do, they left Infinity Ward to create Respawn Entertainment, which is part of EA, and they gave us Titanfall. Titanfall is a sci-fi uh, FPS, and it is the perfect breed between Mech Warrior and Call of Duty, in my opinion. And they basically took what they knew was good, which is the gameplay of Call of Duty, aiming down sights, the mobility, just, just the way it feels when you play these games. They just did a really good job of bringing it and fine-tuning it for the sci-fi arena. And then they added a twist, which are Titans. So Titans are mech, um, you know, they're giant mechs. And you are, at a certain point, based off skill or, you know, the, um, the points you get, you're allowed to call them in from orbit and they land on the ground and you basically can jump in and control them. And it puts you in a first-person screen, kind of like Mech Warrior. And wow, is this game good. It actually had no campaign, so they kind of to told a short story through, you know, every time you played multiplayer, they gave you like a quick briefing before you jumped out. That's kind of how they told their story and did their world bu building at the time. Uh, the game was just fantastic. It, you know, like I said, the gameplay was reminiscent of Call of Duty, but there was just a massive improvement for it for this genre, you know, the sci-fi genre. And the Titans felt great too, though. They felt so fluid the gameplay was great it was constant it, you felt like you were in a real war there was creatures on the maps there was ai uh, companions to help you fight so the the main game mode and the main i would say attraction uh, of the multiplayer of titanfall is called attrition so it is 6v6 uh, pilots versus pilots that can call in titans and then you also have each uh, respective um armies, uh, you know, soldiers and robots fighting each other. Plus, on top of that, in some maps, you have, you know, creatures that, that you can kill too or that will engage in the fight sometimes. I think it's just Titanfall 1. I couldn't find any in Titanfall 2, but I think I'm still wrong. I'm pretty sure one of the maps has them. Anywho, it was just outstanding. And the, the gameplay was constant and it was so fresh. And the game came out, you know, with the new generation consoles uh, it was just insane. I actually bought my Xbox One for Forza 5 and this game. And I remember streaming this game on Twitch. Uh, the maps are so well designed. Uh, it's just insane. So, uh, yes, the release date of Titanfall, sorry, I didn't say it yet, was March 11th, 2014. And by 2015, Titanfall had sold over 10 million copies. So for a brand new IP, I'd say they did pretty damn good. The game is just outstanding. I think anybody who touches it is just like, wow, this is so new and great, but feels familiar in the best way possible. And that's honestly pretty much it for Titanfall 1. Like, there's just it was just a multiplayer game, and it was extremely fun to play, and it almost never got old. I would say it was held back by the lack of weapons and perks, maybe customization to your pilot or titans, uh, loadout options. They had a lot, but just, I would say, maybe not enough to keep all, a lot of people around after they got to the max rank. You know, just, yeah, you know, you played it a lot and you're like, all right, I'm going to go now. So 
That's where Titanfall 2 comes in, the, the chunk of this Looking Back series, or this episode today. So Titanfall 2 was released October 28th of 2016, and it sold by January 2017, 4 million copies, which wasn't as good as its predecessor, but there's actually a huge issue with that. So I don't know why EA thought this was a good idea, but believe it or not, in the same month, everyone, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare released. It's already an insane franchise that has millions of players around the world. Battlefield 1, which was set to really reset their era. You know, Battlefield 1 was a really good game. And then Titanfall 2. All three of these games were released within the same month. If that isn't stupid, I don't know what is. It really bothers me that EA thought... They even they were even quoted saying, Despite that, EA expressed no concern about the release window. They really believed that the player bases were different between all three of these games and that Titanfall 2 would have a ridiculous amount of success. And this is, you know, this is obviously the cocky side of EA that may not exist anymore, who knows. But either way, I know Battlefield 1 is a World War 1 shooter. It's still a FPS. Titanfall 2 is an FPS, and so is Call of Duty. And then Infinite Warfare was also a futuristic take on Call of Duty. So it just doesn't make sense to me till this day that they would even release the game like that. Those two franchises are way more popular than Titanfall, at you know, till this day. I just, it's a, it's a shame to me because now we're going to lead into it, but Titanfall 2 took everything we loved about Titanfall 1 and basically times it by 2 or 3 or 4, whatever sounds crazy to you. They added more weapons, perks, customization, loadout options. They added more titans. They added customization to the titans. They added a full-fledged campaign with characters that you can easily care about, with a story that you can really get into, with an amazing sandbox. And then they added Frontier Defense, which is their PVE mode, where you and three other friends can, or you know, randoms that you play with online, uh, fight five waves of titans, robots, Soldiers, Reapers, which is are like mini mechs that are just robots, and just really hash it out and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Seriously though, it's an all-out brawl and it is so damn fun. I, as a as I'm recording this at 3:30 on a Thursday, um, I literally just played a full match of Frontier Defense, and let me tell you, three years after release, it holds up very very well. This will also be the three-year anniversary of Titanfall 2, so hats off to them. It is. It just got released on Steam, or it's about to be released on Steam, so hopefully the new player base is there to really pick up the franchise where it left off, because I, I seriously think that this Titanfall 2 is the best shooter of this last generation. So, the campaign, which, <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember they... Um, so they're going to release a campaign. None of us really knew what to expect. And I remember playing it going, holy shit. How did, how did they make such a good campaign? It's almost like, how did you make none for Titanfall 1? Like, I mean, they did such an amazing job. And so Titanfall 1 is about the IMC, which is... And I'm not saying this as they're copying. I'm, this is just what I think about when I play the Titanfall games. The IMC is basically the Imperials from Star Wars and uh, you know the militia is literally the rebels in my opinion. It's the best 
um, reference I can think of because it, it feels like it's you when you're playing it. And so I, I mean that in a compliment. So the campaign was great. So it takes, it takes place, um, you know, just across the universe. But the IMC is trying to create a massive weapon of destruction. Uh, I guess there's a Star Wars reference there too, right? And you play as Jack Cooper, who is a militia soldier turned into a pilot. So the pilots are like these hot shots. They're basically the Spartans of Titan, the Titanfall universe. They're the ones that can actually use the Titans. They have jump jets. They have grappling hooks. They can. They have different abilities that soldiers just they don't have. But I think it's loosely based on training. I don't know if it has anything like. I don't know if there's anything about their physical nature that makes them pilots. I don't know. But anyways, so Jack Cooper is on a mission with the CO, his commanding officer, and unfortunately he is killed. But his Titan survives, and Jack Cooper also survives the attack. So it is. It is up to Jack Cooper to uphold the mission with his newly paired Titan, BT-7274. Which, let me tell you, this robot... I mean, I'm, I'm such a sucker for, apparently, robots that you can really get behind and really care about in storytelling, like R2-D2, C-3PO, uh, K-2SO from Star Wars Rogue One, you know, with Alan Taduk. Uh, you know, the same thing here with BT. He is just an amazing character on his own. Jack Cooper's great. And so it is up to them to uphold the mission. And so they press forward and go through some crazy experiences, which if you haven't played the campaign, I'm just not going to tell you. I'll talk about one thing or a couple things, but that's pretty much all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it for someone who hasn't played it yet. Uh, if you have Game Pass with EA Play, I think next month, you can play it for free. Uh, I'm sorry, well, you can play it through Game Pass because EA Play will be integrated into Game Pass. Or if you have EA Play Now, go check it out. You can play Titanfall 2 for free. Uh, yeah, play the campaign. It's great. So their job is to basically just take out the weapon and hunt. Not hunt, but really link up with the militia and continue the war. So there's a couple of missions I want to talk about real quick. Very, very brief. I'm not trying to give away too many details. But one of them is called Effect and Cause. A little play on that, but backwards. Uh, it is a mission where there there is a time distortion because of a bomb that went off. And so as you're playing the mission, you play through the past and the present at the same time. And it literally switches like the flick of a uh, switch, and it, the flip of a switch. And it's insane. Like, oh, man, I was just playing it the last weekend when my girlfriend was over. Like, it, And she's like, whoa, that's pretty sick. And it's just crazy what you can do with these, these, this universe, like, I'm dumbstruck by it, like, I don't, how we had, how we didn't get Titanfall 3 is beyond me, but that is one of my favorite missions of all time, and in gaming history, like, it's so well done, I can't wait for you to play it if you haven't done it yet, if you played it when the game originally come out, uh, came out, do yourself a favor, re-download the game and go play it, because I promise you won't be disappointed, (laughs) so, uh, that's my little spiel on that. And then the following mission is called Ark. I'm sorry, one of the following missions is called Ark. And you and your fleet of ships are literally in uh, the atmosphere flying towards the opposing army. And it's just insane to watch. Uh, obviously, you get to shoot you know, the enemies. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. But if you ever wanted like aerial combat where you're on top of a ship, uh, this is it. You're, you're going to get it. And it's great. 
the campaign overall is short and it's not a bad thing it just makes you really it left me wanting more especially the way they ended it uh definitely something to uh look forward to and keep keep an eye out for because it, it's just so well done and i want to move on to the multiplayer once again i'm gonna be repeating myself here when it comes to literally everything ladies and gentlemen sandbox level design weapon design weapon balances uh, player movement, abilities, perks, loadout options, titans, and their same thing I just said for the player. They nailed it. It is almost, it was, it is damn near flawless. Like, I, obviously they can add more, which they did. I think they added a few weapons. I'd have to look that up, which I didn't, so I apologize. But I think they added some weapons. They obviously added some DLC maps, uh, you know, more skins and stuff. Nothing too crazy. If I had any major critique... It's actually that. Like, when I play this game, I couldn't tell you the DLC besides whatever maps they brought back from Titanfall 1. Other than that, I really can't tell you what they did. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I just would say that's my critique, though, because when I play a lot of my favorite shooters or uh, games that really have DLC-focused um, add-ons, you know, like if I play Oblivion, oh, I can talk about the expansion Shivering Isles forever, which I actually did. Go listen to that episode if you haven't. <laughs> um, just a lot of stuff and the multiplayer I'd give it a 9 out of 10 I'd give the campaign by the way I didn't give it a score I'd give the campaign an 8.5 out of 10 but now I want to move on to Frontier Defense again so like I said I just got done playing it and I was just like wow this game mode is amazing it's your typical um, defense mode you know wave, uh, survival mode with waves uh, you can call in your titans uh, you can run around as a pilot if you want. You can set up turrets. You can get amped weapons, which they do more damage. And with your anti-Titan weapon, you can just Shrek everything. Like, oh my god. It's it's pretty intense. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much Titanfall. Uh, I know that was pretty quick. But honestly, that's, that's just it, it just brought so much joy to me that I can get an FPS with this type of mobility and just honestly just go to town with it. Like it, it was such a good game. Um, yeah, I want to do apex legends right now. I didn't write anything down for it, but I kind of just want to wing into it, but I can't, I want to save apex for another time. I want to, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do it yet. Um, so that's pretty much Titanfall. That is the Titanfall universe. They, I believe we're making a third one. It hasn't been officially announced. There's no logo or anything. Uh, to my knowledge, it hasn't been officially announced. But I do want to talk about a few things as well. So a couple news updates. So apparently Pokemon Go has microtransactions. And I forgot to... Pokemon Go Home. Microtransactions. Yes, I just said that out loud as I'm typing it. So apparently if you want to, so this is like an update to my last episode, but apparently uh, in a press release for Pokemon Home's Pokemon Go integration, they announced that there will be a fee to transfer Pokemon. And um, no one's talking about it. That's weird. So I don't know what's going on, but apparently there's microtransactions. It doesn't seem that there is um, a uh, a price 
Okay, so tra- okay, okay. So there's an update on the story. Transferring Pokemon from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home will come with a cooldown period you can shorten by paying Pokecoins. The suggestion this process might include a paid-for element was raised yesterday by a Japanese support article posted by the Pokemon Company, which referred referenced undetailed Pokecoin cost. Pokecoins are the premium currency used in Go, which can be earned in small amounts daily or bought using real-world money. The Pokemon company has now updated to say the payment refers to the ability to shorten the time between transfers to Pokemon Home, uh, thanks to Cerebi.net, an amazing source for Pokemon news and all kind of content. Go check them out. Uh, Exact Pokecoin costs and cooldown timeframes are yet to be detailed. So uh, this is bullshit in my mind. Um, I know why they're doing this because Pokemon Go... And like, I believe at the beginning of the year or towards the end of last year was still making like millions of dollars every week, uh, according to an article that came out. So they are really trying to get every nickel and dime from the Pokemon Go people transferring their uh, Pokemon to Pokemon Home. And I really don't like that. There's just something about it to me that I think is fucked up. But you know what? I won't get too judgy yet. You know, we don't have the final details of the actual cooldown or the money it costs. Um, I don't remember at all if I don't play Pokemon Go anymore, so maybe somebody can let me know. But I don't remember if uh, the Poke Coins were easy to get in game besides, you know, actually paying for them. So if someone can let me know, that'd be great so I can update the audience here. Um, just keep an eye out for that. When we get more details, I'll make sure to add it into an episode. Uh, I also wanted to talk about all the memes, and that is Minecraft's Steve character coming to the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Games uh, at a later date. But he got announced today from game director Sakurai. Uh, just <laughs> random as shit. But they did announce, you know, I, I believe at the, the launch of Super Smash, that every DLC character is going to be from a different franchise. Or an outside franchise from Nintendo, I think. I don't remember what it is. But we now technically are going to have two Xbox IPs in Super Smash Brothers, And that is Banjo-Kazooie and now Minecraft's Steve. Uh, honestly, from the gameplay trailer, the gameplay looks weird as shit. But if there's anything I can say, it's that the Minecraft stage looks incredible. Like, I am really blown away by it. And I'm excited to test it out or, you know, have some fun playing it. Um, yeah, and then another thing I wanted to talk about real quick is that if you are on the West Coast or East Coast right now, because I'm going to release this episode tonight, uh, you can play Star Wars Squadrons. It is being released tomorrow. Uh, that'll be October 2nd, if you're hearing this. Uh, I am recording this today, and if I'm correct, in nine minutes, according to the press release, it will be available to play. So go ahead and check out Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, apparently, it's really good. Uh, the general consensus right now is a lot of people like it. And they say, you know, they hope EA makes more Star Wars games like this. And, you know, they said that with Jedi Fallen Order, which, yes, we'll get it, we'll get its own Looking Back episode as well, because I, I really do love that game. And, yeah, so as of right now, that is it for the show today, guys. I just wanted to take a look back at Titanfall, as I, I truly believe it is one of the best games that has come out in this current generation. 
I think it's no slouch. It really deserves a lot of credit for what it is. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm blown away by it till this day. Every time I randomly hop on Titanfall 2, which is like once or twice, maybe three times a year, because I pretty much play it by myself, I always have the best time, and I do plan on finishing the campaign again, just for the heck of it. Um, if you guys haven't played this game yet, uh, maybe go out and buy it. It's probably like 10 bucks somewhere. Maybe support the funds. Um, if you want to get it the normal way, you can get EA Play, which then you can immediately download it and access it. Or soon, which I will have a date hopefully, uh, you can just play it from Game Pass as EA Play will be integrated into Game Pass Ultimate. So uh, that is it for the show, everyone. So make sure to check out uh, Forever Grips, the sponsor of the show. Uh, thank you again, Forever Grips, for sponsoring the show. Uh, my code is it just works pod in all caps. You can get 15% off your purchases. And uh, I just appreciate your guys' support. Uh, this show having a sponsorship like kind of blows my mind away already. Uh, you got to start somewhere. And I really appreciate everyone's support. Seriously, it means the world to me. And I hope you guys are looking forward to our next episode because it's going to be a fun one. Uh, that's it for me today, guys. This is the It Just Works podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and I will talk to you next time. Have a safe day. Uh, have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.